Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the return of the Max. And does number nine have all the tools in the toolbox to be great? And last but not least, and for the culture, how did DeMarcus Ware do? Bless his heart. It's ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in eight minutes, did Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith do enough? We'll talk about that. But first, we have to get into it's the return of the Max T. Max Free is back on the mound tonight against the Chicago Cubs is going down. And, and one of the things that, I, you know, when you think about this game, like this is what we've been waiting on, right? This is what, you know, Alex Anthopoulos was banking on to get the Braves back to where they need to be, and that's for a World Series. Not division titles because we know that the Braves were able to accomplish, you know, the world, get a World Series in 2021, and they are going for a, sec, uh, a third one, excuse me, for as in the organization. So when you think about that, and like the 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 gravity that comes with this start on the mound, how much pressure do you think that Max Fried is up under at this moment? None. I really don't think he's under any pressure at all because if we look at it from the perspective that you just mentioned, it's only August. We right. are we have another what two months before you really get into the postseason of Major League Baseball. That's more than enough time for Kyle Wright. To get back right, no pun intended, yes. and for that the starting pitching rotation to kind of round out into good form as well as the bullpen, and the bullpen is rounding out in good form. So I think that even if you get, and of course your best case scenario is going to be about five or six innings, not giving up more than three runs, heck maybe four because Chicago Cubs have the most runs since the All Star break, right? So if right. you look at it from that perspective, I think they're like 151. And yeah, we're second. The Braves are rather second. But you're also talking about, I think, around 102 runs. So that's how big the bats are for the Cubs right now. So if you can get five or six uh, innings out of Max Freed and only three or four runs, that'd be great. But I'll be honest with you. If you honestly get like three or four runs, I think that'll be a good look as well because I don't think that Kyle Hendrick is somebody that the Braves have to be afraid of. If anything, they might actually be able to outscore the Cubs just by the fact that they're going up against him. And then you're looking at it from the perspective of, again, we don't really know where he is, but you got to think that after three months and as excited as Bryce Snicker was when he talked about Max Reed coming back, right. whatever you get out of him and Jarvis, more importantly, whenever he leaves the game, whether it's third, fourth, fifth, or sixth inning, if he walks off that mound healthy, that to me is the biggest expectation you can have today. Absolutely. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Almost kind of like Michael Soroka, but obviously not yeah. with that, you know, that, you know, that that seriousness, right? Because, you know, that's a whole different um, um, conversation. But mm -hmm. like you said, if you can give it five or six innings and, you know, and, and just, just a personal thing for me. 
don't let doggone dance just wants to get the best year because he is having a, a absolutely amazing yeah. year. Like yeah, 16 home runs, 50, yeah, 16 home runs, 51 RBIs, and he has like almost 800 OPS like right now. So uh, Dan just wants to actually over 800 now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> when you think about that, T, that that is that is huge. That yeah. kind of brings me to another question that I have for you because you know how sentimental the the comeback for Freddie Freeman was. You know, now, obviously, Dansby isn't coming to Atlanta. They're actually going to be on the road in, in Chicago. But I'm curious. Do you think Dansby is going to get a little emotional um, as, as he sit there and go up against his former team? I think the word that you hit on is the word I'm going to hit on, little. I, I really don't think it. I think it's going to hit him initially. And I think there's going to be a little bit of, it could be a couple of things, right? So you could yeah. see it as a little bit of kind of, anger and kind of like some some get back he can yes. have that i can see that but i can I also see, see some positive emotion because he had a, an excellent relationship with so many of the players right so he right. was really really liked in the clubhouse so i definitely think they're going to be i'm going to go with mixed emotions but i don't think that we're really going to see it hit him maybe even the way it hit freddie until the same thing happens which is september 26th 27th and 28th when he hits truest park i think that's where you're going to see the biggest emotional kind of i don't want to say outburst but i'll say outpouring if you will from dance response and i think right now he might be like this is my new house and i'm about to yeah. try to show you what you sh could have had and should have had had you kept me in my original house uh with the braves i say truest park but of course i think turner field as well because it kind of split the time between the two yeah, and I think one of the things that you know I thought was real cool, and I think this kind of explains, kind of answered my question as to whether or not he's going to get emotional. He said, um, he was asked about it, of course, and he said his wife, Mallory, said that if he cries, he got to sleep on the week, he's got to sleep on the couch for a week. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to kind of get a peek into how his household works, you know what I'm saying, that's going to answer your question because, you know, like, Fred is a little bit more emotional than Dansby. Dansby, you know, hey, Dansby got a little swag to him. So, right. and, and, and Mallory, he married as such. <laughs> exactly. And when you think about the fact that, hey, that's a big part of the reason he made the move to Chicago. Like, I think that, like you said, she kind of, I don't want to say dictates, but there are some things that she has some cachet there. It's yeah, okay. there, there's some cash. So like, yeah. like, we made the decision to move up here, man up, and keep moving. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, yeah, we definitely have to keep an eye on this series as they – is uh, the weekend series, all-day games over the weekend. So, hey, you know, yeah. hopefully you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, like, I'm, I actually want to see, like, man, how much the flights of Chicago cost? Like, I'm going to go catch this one of these games, you know. But I ain't, you know, ain't going to play myself. I'll be watching it on TV and uh, keep an eye on this series as we go along. But keep it, speaking of keeping an eye on the series, how about this? If you want to win some little money – how about this? Go to fandulsportsbook.com slash locked on because it is the number one sports book in America. And guess what? Guys, come on. Listen up. All you got to do is go to FanDuel. And this is the best sports book to bet on baseball because all you got to do is drop 20 bucks. Yes, that's $20. And you get up to $200 in bonus bets back, win or lose on your first bet. So, yeah, you need to go check it out because it's safe, secure. It's super easy to use. You don't have to worry about anybody stealing your information or anything like that. And plus, you, once that bet clears, you get your money instantly. You don't have to worry about nobody uh, 
going up and pulling up on nobody, you know what I'm saying, getting into some legal issues and stuff because you want your money. They ain't trying to pay up. Don't even worry about that. FanDuel has got you covered. And you can bet on anything from the money line, the over-unders, and who's going to hit the first home run. We just talked about the Braves going to play the Chicago Cubs. Is Dansby Swanson going to hit the first home run? I just told you, he got 16 already. He's on the tear. He's carrying those boys in the back. Or is it going to be Cody Bellinger? So, yeah, go check that out, and they will have it right there for you. So go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn because it is the official sportsbook betting partner of Major League Baseball. Yeah, and if you are betting that the Falcons are back in practice today and looking for some more iron sharpening iron and looking for some more good on good, you're definitely going to see it. And, of course, we will bring you all of the good news from Flowery Branch that we can. And same thing in Flowery Branch, by the way. I think for the most part, Jarvis, it's been two weeks of really good reports out of Flowery Branch as far as injuries are concerned. So my thought went there when we were talking about Max Reed as well. And not just injuries, but seeing guys like Kyle Pitts come back and be the strong Kyle Pitts that we saw in his rookie season, right? So that's one of the critical pieces, if you will, that is back that the Falcons have to make Desmond Ritter successful. But you can actually look across that entire offense. And I will even say, and I'll explain in a moment, but I'll even say look across the defense to talk about all the pieces that the Falcons have put in place to make him successful. Now, the one I think is maybe the most critical, although you could say one one A and one B, but I think that the thing that Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith have done, the biggest thing to make sure he has everything he needs to be successful is to give him an offensive line that he can get behind, no pun intended. And that starts with everything from deciding that Caleb McGarry can indeed come back to shore up the right side. And depending on how things go with Matthew Bergeron or Matt Hennessy, but mostly we're thinking Matthew Bergeron, especially what we've seen as Hennessy has been day to day, they went out and drafted him. So I think having consistency and having strength on that O-line was arguably the biggest thing that Fontenot and Smith did to put nine in a position to be successful. But what do you think is the biggest thing they've done? Or do you feel like they've put him in position to be successful? I think so, um, because here's the thing. They beefed up their running game, and, you know, by bringing in the, one of the best uh, running back prospects to probably come out since Saquon Barkley. So when you think about that aspect of it, like, hey, because there's, there's a weapon. And, and even, even I take it a step further. Like, like who, who is B. John Robinson rooming with during training camp? Desmond Ritter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's the – He's the he's the they're trying to put as much as they can, possibly can on B. John Robinson as far as like, hey, man, we're going to lean on you and not necessarily in the run game because, you know, you got a guy that you that's your workhorse back. Like you don't have to worry about giving B. John Robinson the ball, you know, turn around, and hand it off to him 25 times a game. You can have 20 touches. Hey, you can have 10 runs or, or uh, passing the ball at 10, uh, 10 times out of the backfield. So. That's and and what that creates is a safety net or a check down option for uh, Desmond Ritter and and when you think about you know the type of offense that you run you, you mentioned the offensive line you bring it back four or five starters and you know you have a guy who was a first round prospect you know coming out and you got him in the second round so you assume that hey he has the talent it's just a matter of time right and if you you can have time because you have so much veteran. You have so many veteran presence, so much veteran presence around him, around him. So 
I, I, and you got guys like you talk about Iron Sharp or Iron on the other side. They're going to test him as well. So he's going to get a very good picture as to what he, what to expect. One in game one against the Carolina Panthers, if he's the starter, you know Matt Hennessy, you know still day to day, and you know in September. So I, I think that you know I feel like the Falcons have done enough, you know, to surround him with with enough talent to be successful. I just I'm in I'm in a space where I kind of want to see how it plays out. And I want to see where Matthew Bergeron is, if he is a starter, once he he starts getting those live reps in the preseason games. Indeed. And I think you can even give credit on the defensive end because they also went out and got a lot of veterans in Calais Campbell, David Onyemata, Caden Ellis, et cetera. And you have some players who are second-year players and third-year players that are in a prove-it situation. So like Arnold WKT, who should be getting after it, if you will. And I think the reason I mentioned them is because if you get out of those players what you need, what they're going to do is essentially flip a field for Desmond Ritter. And what you want him to do is not have to always march 80 70 90 yards down the field if they can give him a shorter field to work with because they keep pinning the other offense back i think that's also a positive as well of what can be or what can be a benefit to that falcons offense now speaking of the defense and some players that may need to show and prove and of course could be beneficial to the offense because if that DB room gets off like we think it will, that's the other piece that can put the offense in a good place and Desmond Ritter in a good place because they'll be picking some balls off unlike anything we saw last year, unfortunately. And again, right. giving Desmond Ritter a shorter field to work with or being able to even score, dare we say, and giving him the opportunity to not play from behind because we think that's a critical uh, point as well. But Jalen Hawkins is one of those guys that's been just really interesting for him you can kind of call it a prove it year for him because it's been kind of up and down, up and down, you know, fourth round pick coming back from the Thomas Dimitrov era, who in 2021 kind of worked a little bit like maybe where he might be again this year. He was a reserve, but he worked his way into a starting job at safety last year, only to potentially be back in a reserve position this year because they brought in Jesse Bates. So we don't kind of know exactly what will happen with him, but I do feel like it's a critical year for him because honestly i don't want to say show improve but then i kind of want to say show improve because at the end of the day he's the guy that hey again no pun intended he's your ball hawk right he has Mm -hmm. the most interceptions these past couple of seasons for anybody on that falcons defense and he's forced more than um he's forced uh i think you would say more than uh fumbles in terms of fumbles more than fumbles force fumbles that's what i'm trying to say than anybody right. else so he's got a lot to bring to, to the table jarvis but in honesty in your opinion how important will he be for that defense and what role do you think he'll actually play in ryan nielsen's new look defense to be honest which i think he's going to be a, a five two guy or three two guy however you want to um, put it because he's a guy that can come in and play the slot for you Yes. You know, uh, in that big, big nickel um, formation, he can be that third safety. He can get, he can actually come and blitz for you because he's a he's a really good yeah. tackler. And yeah. also, you know, you can put him in, you know, your dime packages as well because he is a ball hawk. He always he's always around the football. So, yep. and I even asked Arthur Smith about him, you know, about like because we know Arthur Smith always talks about versatility, right? Yes. Like, I, like that's the way of the NFL. Like Dan Quinn talked about it as well. So every 
coach wants to have guys that you could put in multiple spots. And I think Jalen Hawkins actually speaks to that. Like he is mm-hmm. the definition of that. So when you have a guy like who has that starting, you know, capabilities last year, like you said, I thought he did a, a solid job last year. Yeah. But when you bring in a high, high money guy like a Jesse Bates, and then you got a second round pick in Richie Grant, who kind of made some some strides last year too, mm-hmm. it's kind of mm-hmm. like you're odd man out from a starting a starting roster spot, so to speak. But I think he's got he's going to be a weapon for Ryan Nielsen. I think yeah. he's going to use him in a space where like, hey. I'm going to have you come in on this down. I'm going to have you in these particular packages. And I think it's going to be from a week-to-week thing. Yeah. And I think Jalen Hawkins is going to be up for that task. Yeah, and I think you just hit the nail on the head. I think we're going to see uh, packages where there are five DBs on the field and he's going to be that fifth DB. And it'll be, to your point, because Ryan Nielsen sees something that he can take advantage of in terms of a turnover because we know that's one area we don't talk about very much, but that has not been an area where the Falcons have been in the plus column in the last couple of seasons. So yeah, Jalen Hawkins is probably the guy that they can bring in in those special situations as that fifth DB to really kind of uh, be that ball hawk for them. And you also made a great point, which I agree with as well, which is he has progressively improved his tackle rate, right? As a, right. And brought his missed tackle rate down. And we've actually seen that. Not, we've seen it in the stats, but also we've seen it in the eye test. So I think that's important to note as well, because there, there are going to be some expectations that, hey, if we're putting you out there, just like we've got these big body pass catchers, other teams are going to have these big body pass catchers too. So we're going to need you to be out there making sure that whether it's a running back trying to get to the second or third level, or whether it's a wide receiver that, like you said, the quarterback checked that guy down and now you've got an opportunity to keep him from going off and making a little seven yard uh, dump off, become a 27 yard uh, reception and, and advancement of the chains. Then that's mm-hmm. probably the guy that you're going to bring out there. So yeah, he's definitely another one that we said we'll be watching to kind of see what the Falcons do with him both in practice as well as in preseason games to then maybe inform us of what they're going to do for him during the season. So we'll keep you guys posted on his progress. But what do you guys think? I mean, Jalen Hawkins is still a legitimate starter type who can give the Falcons something we believe, but what say you everydayers? Let us know. Don't forget to drop some comments in the chat when you check us out on YouTube. And of course, don't forget to download ATL Day Ones wherever you download your podcast. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. T, last night we had football. Last night, I think, you know what I'm saying? Like, we had some Kellen Mon, you know. We had some Dorian Thompson hyphenated man out of UCLA, you know, out here trying to ball, do his thing, make the squad. But, you know, the big story last night, in my humble opinion, T, was the fact that Demarcus Ware, a dude who used to raise all type of hell on Sundays and sacking the quarterback, he sang the national anthem T. And you know, you know how we get down. We 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 like people. We like to sing. You know, what I'm saying we like people that can sing. I just want to kind of get your thoughts as to how you think Mr. Ware did. Now, remind you, well, it is a, going into the Hall of Fame, so you know I want you to be yes. tread lightly here. You know, because I might not. <clears throat> Well, I, I I didn't think it was that bad. Like, I congratulate him on going into the Hall of Fame, but also ha- having the guts and the moxie to actually get up there and perform the national anthem because you already right. know that people are going to have something to say that is a very controversial song to sing because yes. some people get it so right, like Whitney Houston 
and Marvin Gaye. Yeah. And some people get it so wrong, like Roseanne Barr. Or Carl so, Lewis. <clears throat> yeah, or Carl Lewis. Yes. So you kind of <laughs> right. So you're you're kind of trying to figure out which way you want to you're gonna end up being right. And obviously, Demarcus Ware was confident that he would end up closer to the Whitney Houston Marvin Gaye side. Well, that said, I Not still quite. think he ended up closer to that side <laughs> because he was solid. I mean, no, I seriously, mean. he was solid. Like, you know, when you go and falsetto with it, because I felt like he wasn't quite bass or tenor. He wasn't sure which way he wanted to go. Yeah, with. exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to go and he was like trying to work his Ursher, like, you know, because Ursher's got that amazing falsetto. So I'm right, going to say he yeah. was trying to no. work in that space. And I don't know, it's almost like when you when you get a tackle for loss or you get a QB hit, but you don't get the sack. Yeah. It's kind of how I was feeling about it. Oh, that's how you regret. Okay. That's, I mean, you know, like I understand where you're coming from. Cause you know, yeah. I'm like, you know, we had, we had, you know, had a couple little interaction on Twitter about it last night. So I kind of yes. figured that not where you go. Like my whole right. thing is like, did he lose a bet? That's my question. Like, that's my response. To <laughs> like what, what made you think that you could go out there and sing the national anthem? Because like you mentioned, that is a very hard song to sing because some people sing the song and don't even know the words. Yeah, And, and it's not a song, I, it's a poem. And that's the other thing. So it's a poem that was put to an arrangement to be a song that it's not. And so, yeah, that, that's the other reason people struggle because it's got all kinds of weird ways that it goes, but you're right. Yeah, yeah like, so my whole thing is like, my whole thing was like when, when people try to transition to things, right? Because I don't know, DeMarcus Mer where maybe musically inclined. I I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think he may have may have dabbled and in the into NFL something. choir, like yeah, the, you know. a choir that performs at the Super Bowl when he wasn't playing. <laughs> I, I could see him in that choir. Yeah, you know, yeah, I could see you being in the choir. That yeah. is see, like in life, T, see, I, I I like that. In life, you gotta understand what your role is in yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't try to be anything that you're not. You're not a lead singer. You're a, probably yeah. a strong tenor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A strong will, tenor yep. in the choir at the church. Yes, you know what exactly. I'm like, We're going to put you right. <laughs> How do they do it, Jarvis? You got the uh, You're not leading devotion. You're not leading devotion. Yeah, so you've got the sopranos, and you've got the <laughs> altos, altos, and you've got your tenors, right? Got the tenor. But then right you've there. got your front row tenors, and then you got your back row tenors, and yeah. then you got your front row everything. So I will say, you know, back in my day, I was a front row soprano. However... Yeah. They don't they didn't ever need to ask me to crack a mic for a solo like, at all. <laughs> now if they and wanted guess me what? to do yeah. You would have never accepted that. Oh god no, no, no that I invitation either, right? Yeah, I'm not gifted <laughs> in that area. I'm right over here harmonizing with the rest of these people. I'm good. Now, if you want me to do a solo liturgical dance, absolutely. I could smoke no, no, everybody yeah. in that space That's you, and be yep. quite mm -hmm. confident and fine with it. That's why I was always on the front line of my dance team. But you got to know your role and you have to know your area because there were times when I was not on the front row and they were like, yeah, when we were doing like, um, when we first got taught like how to do African dance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was on the back row. yeah. yeah Cause I, I wouldn't say I was the most, most ethnically um, sound person back then. Okay. So I was like, I can't do all, all of that. That was hard, <laughs> but you know, I was shoulder like, and back. Yeah. Uh, like shoulder all of, yeah, yeah, working yeah, I the wasn't situation. that <laughs> Yeah, I was a line dancer girl, like at first. Yeah. But go to the HBCU and the black girls gonna get you all the way right. They're gonna get you so right. Eventually I moved to that front line once I learned how to do all yeah, I, I was okay. But See? again, know your place, 
Get your butt on the back line when you need to. And it's okay. Like DeMarcus Ware, if you even wanted to be like front row, and maybe you were front row NFL choir for Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. I see that, Jarvis. Come on, man. But yeah. And you can even work on it, take time to practice and everything because like you understand what it, he understands what it takes to be great. Like, you know what I'm saying? That transfers, I feel like, in all levels. You understand what it means to be great because Jarvis Guys has a great voice. So he does have an ear for it. Yeah, Yeah, Jarvis has a nice voice. So now I would put my money on Jarvis doing a national anthem. Now I will say that. Yeah, I I would give that to Jarvis before I gave that to DeMarcus Ware, and I would feel confident that he could handle himself. That I will say. I appreciate that, T, because, you know, hey, man, we... This is how we go. This is how we get down on this yeah. show. Like we, we yeah, we're, we're talented. Like we got other yeah. talents. Yeah, we have other talents too. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm a renaissance man around these parts. You know Indeed. I might be able to blow a couple notes on the trumpet too. You never yes. know. Like I, if you guys see him at training camp, ask him to <laughs> yeah, break out a note. I want you to. And make sure if you see him out there and you want him to break out a note, just make sure you have your phone available because we oh need to God. see this we need evidence we need proof so everybody going out to flowering branch this week today if, yeah if you're going up to the branch look for that guy make sure you have a camera tweet it and tag me because i need to retweet that yeah that, that's a quote tweet right there all right all right all right so you know I want to thank Tanitra for setting me up on ATO Day 1. So we really appreciate you for that. <laughs> so, but we also love you guys for, for rocking with us and we and, and each and every day right on ATO Day 1. But always remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And you can check us out on YouTube as well. Now, before we get out of here, because, you know, this is a nice weekend. Like I said, Braves are going, going into the, uh, the series. Max Freed is on the mound. And guys, we need you guys to go and get on support and come back on Monday because we're going to be talking about Max Free Return and my point of view, my opinion about what's going on out of Flowery Branch. And if somebody catches me running my mouth or trying to sing, like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to that. So make sure you come back for that. And last but not least, before we get out of here, make sure that you vote share love, show love, most importantly, spread love. Sing Jarvis! <laughs>